Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Christos Anesti, my friends. Christ has risen, my friends and family, and on that we can depend. And he will come back for us and make everything right. That's what I know this morning. Good morning. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sean McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created just to focus on the tenth of Sunday as a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All of you are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be on my Bible Bible, and you may use any Bible you wish. I have had, and I'm grateful for the experience going day after day, and in gratitude, we will have ongoing Bible readings and discussion about our spiritual experience. I'm just so grateful. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, in the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray for all Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in great jeopardy, and many have been tortured and extreme violence and, you know, all hell breaking loose all over the world right now. Um, we also pray for the suffering from here and abroad, and we pray for those who are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and uncomforted. Give us our sins, God. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their homes. And also we pray for freedom from addiction of all kinds. Please, God, send your mighty Archangel Michael a fight. Uh, for distorting evil reasons. And we do believe they have become martyrs. And then all your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers also go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals and themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. They have all countries suffering all over the world. Thank you, God, for everything you've given us, and thank you, God, for everything you've taken away from us, and thank you, God, for everything you've left with us. We ask in Jesus' name to bless us, to help us grow under Jesus' care. And we ask everybody and their families to stay in prayer and that we are all praying together. We thank you both for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you need a Bible, you haven't got a Bible there where you live, um, go to www.biblia.com. I really like the, what they have there. And we're reading Titus 3. I'd like to uh, say thank you, Saves, the local group who CD Native Angels, part of which we played this morning. And if you want to order a contact, uh, copy contact Save, S-A-V-A-E dot org. And they're on Facebook and they do live shows and you can listen to them for free on YouTube. And they also uh, have CDs on Amazon where I got my CD. Um, I want to wish everybody who's had a, a very blessed birthday this week and uh, today, happy very and very blessed birthday, and have a very prosperous year ahead. My birthday was on July 13th. It was really wonderful. I got to spend the evening with friends, and my daughter has been very 
thoughtful and attentive all week and brought me nice gifts and helped me around the house. And my son, who's in Chicago, has sent me a gorgeous card. And he says something's on the way, so it's cool. So I want to thank everybody very much, and happy birthday, birthday babies. So if you have to call in for a special prayer request or some positive attention, the phone number today is 609-924-9744. So this morning, we are actually all the way in Titus 3. We're deep, deep, deep into the Word. So welcome to Sacred Sunday. And today we're reading Titus chapter 3 and respect his authority. So this is a summary. Paul tells Timothy he should let everybody know that they need to obey authority. In case you haven't noticed, Paul's pretty into that here. Basically, Christians should be kind to non-Christians. After all, it wasn't so long ago that they didn't know about Jesus either. Jesus has come to save everyone, says Paul, and not because people are also great and have done something to deserve it. It's just because that's how God rolls. By being baptized, every Christian gets to share in the saving power of God's goodness. So if you believe, you'll act godly. It's pretty simple. Paul reminds Timothy not to sit around all day and argue with naysayers. Sure, he can't correct them once or twice. But after that, he should just ignore them. They'll dig their own graves. Anyway, Paul drops a few more names here and ends with a little grace be with you, and then he's out. So it's a pretty short chapter. So let's go to the Bible. And I love reading out of my Ravi study Bible. This is my second copy. My first copy I found in the trash can, and I started studying it. And that led to me writing a book, which I hope is published soon. And um, let's just read Titus chapter 3. Here we go. Remind them to be subjected to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, and to be ready for every good deed. And in relation to all people. To malign no one, to be peaceful, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. Wow, isn't that what's like going on right now? But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not on the basis of deeds which you have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy and by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out uh, uh, over us, upon us, as richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy statement. And concerning those things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. Now, in relation to false teachers, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, and strife, and disputes about the law, for they are unprofitable and actually worthless. Reject a facetious man at after a first and second warning, knowing that such a man is uh, perverted and is sinning and be self-condemned. Okay, personal messages and greeting. When I send Artemis or Titius to you, make every effort to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter here. Diligently help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way so that nothing is lacking for them. 
and then our people must be also learned to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. And in the end, it says, all who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. And that'll be for next week. It'll bring us to Philemon. And amazing. I was looking ahead a little bit. So then pretty soon we're going to be into Hebrews. And uh, it's one of my favorite uh, books of the Bible. And I hope you share that. really love that. Okay, so now we are, excuse me, let's see. I have a friend's book. I think I'm going to read something out of her book. And her book, uh, uh, my friend Terry Johnson Weber, you can get her book on Amazon. Um, her book called Tug of War, and it's Trusting God Through the Unexplained. She has had a very interesting life in childhood. And um, very strange was baptized and was a devout Christian. She had all different kind of experiences here. And um, I'm going to read you uh, something. Let's see. Oh, let me look. I'm just looking. Try to find something that would help you. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to read about the chapter about Grandpa Johnson. About halfway through the dream series, my beloved Grandpa Johnson had a stroke. It was severe and left him fairly impaired. He had to learn how to walk and talk and write again. For the next year, he was in and out of the hospital, alternating hospital admissions with nursing home admissions. When his Medicare days ran out, he was placed in one of two different nursing homes. When he suffered a subsequent stroke, it was back to the hospital. Such as was his life for the final year of his earthly existence. One and only one day during that entire year was he able to come home for a brief visit. He was frustrated. He cried. He often voiced that he wanted the Lord to call him home. He was also confused at times, which was frightening for us girls. I recall one time my sister Debbie was standing at the foot of his bed, and he kicked at her and yelled, Get that damned Indian out of here. On Saturday 6th of 1968, my 16th birthday, Grandpa had another severe stroke and from which he never recovered. The last three months of his life, he slowly declined. He was a large frame man. He became skeletal. The folks told us in the nursing home on Christmas Eve, explaining that they were going to say goodbye to Grandpa and that God would soon call him home. For that whole year, my prayers to God had been for mercy for Grandpa that if he wasn't going to be healed, he wasn't going to recover, that God should mercifully call him home to heaven. For that whole year, I believe that was the wish of my grandma and the folks as well. But Dad's oldest brother, Robert, who had no faith at the time, clung to the one million chance the doctor offered. He's assured that Dad would be the one patient with a million patients who might actually recover from a series of small and severe strokes. Having... Having no money either. Okay, sorry. Mom was determined that that I get that pin. So, gosh. I'm sorry, sorry. Okay, uh, hope for a blessed reunion in heaven. Uncle Rob clung to the hope that Dad would recover. When he arrived for our final birthday and final goodbye, I'm sorry, people. I mean, I could see that Dad hadn't exaggerated when trying to prepare us for 
grandpa's physical appearance. He was emaciated, unconscious, pale, diaphoretic, and was being fed, hydrated, and oxygenated through tubes. Dad encouraged us to kiss him and tell him we loved him, believing that grandpa could hear us even if he couldn't respond. For me, it was heartbreaking. I suspect for some time, my younger sisters, it may have been frightening as well. After saying our final goodbyes, we went home with a promise of Christmas festivities ahead. The Sunday following Christmas was a special day at church. It was the last Sunday of the year and the Sunday that we were to receive our perfect attendance pins. What, what ended up happening was that morning for me was too chilling to be considered a coincidence. I woke up with what I had as best described as a type of a headache, semi-paralysis that one would experience upon awakening from deep, and it's back in the 1970s. At 16, I didn't have that comparison yet. It's only in retrospect after six surgeries that I recognized the similarity. Mom came in to wake me, and I could barely move. My head went foggy, and my neck and all the way down my spine hurt. I ached all over. I said, I'm sick. I don't think I can make it to church today. Mind you, I had earned a perfect attendance pin. I wasn't in the habit of skipping church. Mom had her heart sit on that pin and seemed irritated with me. You don't have a fever, she concluded, after filling my forehead. You're not going to get babysat on Saturdays anymore if that's what's going to happen. Mom, I babysit on Saturday evenings all the time. This has never happened before. Get up and get dressed and come eat your breakfast. We lived on the theory that sometimes once you got dressed and ate, you felt good enough. I was determined not to miss my my babysitting money. Mom was determined that I get that pin, so I forced myself to get up. I really mean I had to force myself. It took sheer willpower to be able to get up as far as I did. I got out of my nightgown with a great effort and put on fresh clothes. I had a yellow turtleneck top that I wore with under a plaid jumper. The jumper had small lines of the same gold yellow throughout the blue, black, and the white plaid. Just changing my clothes was completely exhausting, and I was unable to zip with a zipper in the back of my jumper. Every movement caused great severe shooting pains in my neck, back, and head. I entered the kitchen and must have been white as a ghost. Mom, can you zip me up? I can't reach the zipper today. She recognized she misjudged me and sent me right back to bed. The family went to church without me, and I fell into a deep sleep. Right before I woke up, I had the most unusual dream. I was sitting in my Uncle Robert's bedroom on the second floor of the Liberty Avenue house reading a book. Grandpa had come for his second home visit that weekend, and we were taking turns listening to him to call. If he needed to go to the bathroom, I was to call Dad and Robert and Grandma to help him. To help him. My whole family was out in the side yard raking leaves. This was actually the end of December, but the dream looked more like autumn. I had heard the front door open and four people enter, and raced to the house to the back door. It was Dad's other brother, Bill, my Aunt Lois, and cousins, Renee and Dean. Now, every in the family was there in the side yard, just Grandpa and I were in the house. Put my... Windows stood. The sun shone so brightly through the window that he was totally engulfed in light. My first thought on seeing him was that Robert was right. Here was Grandpa Johnson standing tall and straight and looking younger and more brilliant than I'd ever known him. My entire life he had walked hunch over. He had the same kaposis that I had since I was 22. 
and he always snuffled while while shuffled while whistling, but he looked perfectly healthy at that moment, and I was ashamed ashamed that the only agnostic in our family had held out hope for him, and that I, a Christian who had access to the creator of the universe, had never pleaded with God to restore him looked at me and said, I wanted to come to you, but you don't understand. There was clearly emphasis on you when he said it, as though he had a choice to come any one of us that, that day, and he chose me, but it didn't sink in. I was still concentrating on his comment, but I didn't understand, which I thought was based on the fact that he saw my tears. Tears are just time stamped. In that last standing, I assured him I was asked well. condition than I'd ever seen him. To emphasize that, I said for the third time, I do understand, Grandpa. These are tears of joy, and I also got off the bed and I entered the hallway and approached him to hug him. With a look of horror on his face, Grandpa backed away from me and vanished. As he disappeared from my sight, so did the bright light, which I thought had come from the stained glass window behind him. Perplexed, I stood alone in the dim hallway of the second floor of the Liberty Avenue house. I awoke. Immediately, I regarded the dream as a precognition that believing in, in it meant that Grandpa was going to get better. I jumped out of bed, no longer in pain, no longer feeling drugged and unable to move. I was thrilled. I prayed to God, thanking him for healing my grandpa and confessing my lack of faith and apologized I had not faithfully pleaded for grandpa's healing. Overjoyed, I grabbed a book and left the bedroom, planning to read the family sofa on the family sofa until the family returned from church. The clock showed 11.50. They would be home by 20 to 30 minutes, and I could hardly wait to greet them with the wonderful news. Barely five minutes went by before the phone rang. And I recognized the woman's name as belonging to the head nurse at the Hillhaven on Del Mar, his current nursing home. She asked to speak with Dad, but I told her he had not gotten home from church yet. Can I take a message? I expected to hear, your grandpa is much better. Instead, she asked, is your grandma or Uncle Robert at church with your dad too? No, they're, they're probably on their way to see grandpa right now. Can I take a message for my dad? I expected to hear he's taking a turn from the better. No, just tell him to call me as soon as he gets, to get, as he gets home. It's very important. Make sure he gets this message to call as soon as he gets home. Okay, my excitement turned to gloom as I hung up the phone. I figured if indeed he had taken an amazing turn from the better, the nurse would have shared that. His condition on Christmas Eve really could not have gotten any worse short of death, that is. So I knew her reluctance to share his condition with me was only meant one thing. Grandpa had died. My grandpa was dead. 
he wasn't going to get better. That unfortunate knowledge settled into my bones and I became enraged. I looked up toward heaven and the only time in my entire life I raised against God. How dare you, I screamed out loud. He's dead, isn't he? How dare you? My compassionate, loving, merciful Heavenly Father, who understood my pain and disappointment, who wept with me at sin's destruction, did not unleash his fury against me. He didn't strike me dead for my insubordination. He let me rage, scream, cry, blame him as I unleashed my fury against him. How dare you think you think uh, my grandpa was going to get better, only to take him away. I got myself under control by the time the family arrived home at 1220. I made Dad call the nursing home and received the sad but clear news that indeed Grandpa was dead. This funeral was just a couple of days later on Mom's birthday, New Year's Eve. We sat through the Christian funeral and a Masonic funeral, and Grandpa had been a 32nd degree, 32nd degree Mason. And we sat in the bitter cold of the graveside service. On the night of his funeral, I had my next June encounter with Grandpa. I do understand now, I told him. Asleep in Jesus' arms, called to his heavenly home. Grandpa truly was healthier than he'd ever been. That first dream meeting should not have taken place because I should have been awake and at the church at the time of Grandpa's death. Instead, I was home, deep sleep, following a mysterious semi-paralyzing condition that completely lifted fall lifted following the dream. Finally, I felt blessed that for whatever reason, he had chosen to come to me at the moment of his death and that God had allowed it. And when I think of that moment, he vanished in the dream. I tried to touch him. I'm reminded of Jesus's words at Mary Magdalene to Mary Magdalene near the tomb. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. That's John twenty seventeen. And I thank you so much for listening this morning. I, it's amazing the things that have transpired in the world the last few days. Um, in the matter of a couple of weeks, there has been chaos all over the world as these uh, separate shooters have decided to, you know, scare people and shoot people. We just had another shooting this morning. Um, and... Um, I think it's Louisiana, and it's. I, I'm just going to pray. I don't know if the violence will ever leave this world. I don't think so, until Jesus comes and gets us. But in the meantime, do not lose faith. Pray for those that abuse you. I know that it's been very hard, but I want you to hang in there and pray and never give up. And we have to ask in Jesus' name to help us get through each day no matter what happens. And a lot has happened. There's a lot of grief for, grief for a lot of us. One of my dear friends lost her son. And I want to ask you, Jesus, to take him in your arms and love him and give him peace. And also, I want to pray that my grandson, who has been arrested and now has been missing ever since, he's been missing about 12 days, and we ask in Jesus' name to bring him home. Bring him home to his mother or bring her home to you. We're very frightened. So as we conclude our service this morning, I want to tell everyone, thank you so much. And God bless you in every way and never give up. So let's say our, our traditional outgoing prayer. God, grant me the serenity 
to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. I want to thank you for joining Sacred Sunday, and please come back next week where we're going to start reading Philemon. I don't remember ever reading that chapter, so I'm looking forward to it. And in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms so that you may have the strength to face whatever's ahead. Just remember, you're never alone. God loves you so much. He gave his son for you. And never forget that, that you're never alone. May your best dreams come true and true love live in your heart. I want to God bless everybody. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.